So we're at the end of the year 2020, right? Do we realize that this is the last Sunday of the year? It's the last Sunday of 2020. Um, Next Sunday, we'll be in the year 2021. Some of us probably think, well, honestly, we we can't get there fast enough. Um, Think about what all has transpired in the last year. Think about how the world has changed for the better and definitely for the worse over the last 12 months. And one of the things that, that Donnie specifically mentioned this morning in the lesson, you know, when we think back to what he said this morning, and, and I, when he referenced James 1.22, and he said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. And probably when we think about the book of James, probably the most uh, relevant or, or familiar text that we have or passage we have in the book of James is found later in chapter 2. And the question is asked in chapter 2 and verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And I think it's an important and relevant question for us to ask. And especially when you consider the climate of the world we live in now and the challenges that we have faced as a group of God's people in the year 2020. Our value to the congregation here at Forest Park is determined by what we are able to do and what we are able to add to the work and how we can be productive here at Forest Park. And so the title of my lesson this evening is What Am I Worth to Forest Park? What am I worth to Forest Park? What value do I add? And I hope by the end of tonight's lesson we can all look at that and we can answer that question in one of two ways. Number one, well here are the ways that I am adding value to Forest Park. And number two, Here's some areas where I think I could do just a little bit better. As a means of introduction, how do we define Forest Park? Um, What brings us together here at Forest Park? Well, we are to act as one in our worship and our work, are we not? We submit to a common oversight. We bring together our resources to accomplish whatever the agreed upon goals are. Once we have budget meetings and we decide these are our purposes and these are our goals and these are the things that we want to do. And then we set out and we say, this is how much money it's going to cost. And then what do we do? We step forward and we do it. But how unified are we in our work with each other? How unified are we with our local congregation? There are so many opportunities available here at Forest Park to work. I mean, we constantly hear, and one of the things that I remember that that, uh, was brought up over and over, and I can remember uh, back when in the months of April and May, when we were very much on the live stream, and there there was a good seven people here every week. All right, Travis, you and I were talking about this morning, back when there was about seven people at the building on a, on a Sunday morning, okay, that 
That was different for us. And I remember Wes, when he would constantly talk about it in the announcements, and he would make a comment and say, well, normally we would be doing, you fill in the blank. But now we're not. And we were being hindered. Okay, well, we're not there anymore. Thank goodness, right? We're not there anymore. We're slowly trying to come out of that. How well are we taking advantage of these moments in time. If we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 10 and verses 19, verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship. Notice what it says. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. We're here for a reason. Are we here to exist? Are we here to simply take up space? We are His workmanship that was created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Skip down to verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. And if you go back to what we've been studying on Wednesday night, we recognize that when we see that reference to the household of God, what's he really talking about? Talking about the church. Okay? Talking about the church. And so when we think about and we consider what is my value to Forest Park, we're created for good works. We need to consider our spiritual value system. How are we filling in the gaps in our lives? How are we filling in the gaps in our lives? Do we fill in the gaps in our lives with the works and activities of the church? Or do we fill those gaps with the material aspects of the world? And I want us to stop and I want us to really consider how we answer that question because that that question is a little bit deeper than what you would initially uh, maybe perceive. Okay, because I hope we don't look at that and say, well, I fill in the gaps of, our, of my life with the works and activities of the church. When was the last time we made the gaps in the, our lives the priority in our lives? The gaps in our lives are the little pieces that need to get filled in because we're, we're always such busy people, right? We, I mean, we, we, we are. It's every one of us are busy. But the if we are filling in the tiny little gaps from here and there with the, with the work and, and the, the things uh, related to Forest Park, I think we're going about and we might be doing it a little bit wrong. When you flip over to Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24, we won't read that whole section there. But you know, he says in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. What does he say? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then he keeps on in verse 22. A lot of times we stop there. Then he says in 22, it says, the eye is the the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. God and mammon. God and the material. We can't do it all. Our decisions ultimately not only affect our individual spiritual health, it affects the health of the church. It affects the health of the church. I would invite you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be spending the most of the rest of our time, if you're going to follow along with your, in your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 pretty much the rest of the time tonight because I want us to continue to consider this idea, what is my worth to Forest Park? We're going to start at the beginning in, uh, in verse 1. Paul writing to the Ephesian brethren there, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When we look at those past, the, the, that Scripture, verses 1-3 through three of chapter 4, do we understand the importance of our calling? What is our calling? What does that mean? What is our calling? Is our calling, uh, is it a spectator sport where we are sure to meet at the appointed time here at the building? Is our calling to attend every Bible class that it's offered and available on both Sunday night and Wednesday night? Is our calling to faithfully attend the live stream if our health or our circumstances does not allow us to be at services? Or is it more than that? Is it more than that? Verse 1 refers to walking in a manner worthy of our calling. And I keep thinking back when I was kind of putting this together about a week and a half ago when uh, I was sitting in the auditorium and uh, Brian was, was teaching Bible class on Wednesday night. And he started talking about the importance or the, the, the special nature of being a part of the church. And how unique that is. And how powerful of an idea that is. And, it and when you think about that regarding walking in a manner that is worthy of our calling, we, ought, we, we, we should be awestruck. Can we, do we bear with one another? How do we do that? How can we bear with one another when we're separated? That's what it refers to in verse 2. Can we bear with one another when we are separated? Uh, physical separation is a current product of our environment from time to time. That, that's something we're dealing with. It seems like every week we come to the building and somebody's gone for seven to ten days. Somebody new. And then you give it a week or a week and a half and then those people will come back, but then somebody else is gone and then somebody else is gone. And it makes continuity between our brethren difficult, does it not? It makes it, 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 it really makes, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating it's discouraging. And how oftentimes when we get discouraged over these things, 
How often do you think the devil's sitting back smiling, thinking like feeling something? But is all of this really a justification for the, our lack of attention to the Lord's church and the work that is taking place? See, we have to be careful. And, and, and there's such a fine line that we have to draw because here we see, you know, when you consider everything was humming along just fine in January and February, and then all of a sudden, uh, what was the date? March 11th or March 13th, it was something like that. It's one of those, uh, it didn't get a speech of one of those days that will live in infamy, but the fact is, whether it's March 11th or 13th of 2020, there's going to be a stamp put on that, that day, and that's going to be the day that the United States just came to a crawl. And things changed. Are we letting that hold us up? Look at verse 3. Verse 3, back there, it says, well, it quit clicking. It says, are we eager, or it says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Are we eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit? I wanted to look that word up, the word eager. That word eager is defined as wanting to do or to have something very much. An alternate definition is characterized by keen expectancy or interest. Keen expectancy or interest. How many things are eager, are we eager to do in our lives? It, sometimes it's easier for us to count it up. Well, it, there's this many days till we get to go on that trip. There's this many days until we get to go fishing. There's that this many days until we get to do you fill in the blank. The pandemic times have severely impacted many of our wants. But for the most part, if our health stays there, we still do what we want to do. What about here at Forest Park? Are we eager? Or maybe, let me restate that. Do we have a keen interest in maintaining unity through our fellowship with each other here at Forest Park? Does our worship reflect our spirit? I mean, the, the answer is yes. Uh, we mentioned the idea of a spectator sport just a moment ago. Is this a characterization of our worship? Do we sing? Or do, do we catch ourselves watching others and maybe lightly mumbling the words? Do we pray? Or do we close our eyes to relax for a few minutes? Is there a genuine focus on the emblems and the meaning of the Lord's Supper? Are we waiting to see how excited the preacher gets in the pulpit? Maybe waiting for his face to get real red. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that tonight. Or have that vein bulging out of the neck. Okay, Are we waiting to see that? Or are, are we considering how the message from the Word can impact our lives? Three questions I want to ask when we consider our worship and our attitude and our spirit. Number one, does my participation in worship build those around me up in a meaningful way? Does my participation build those around me up in a meaningful way. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this, that, that there won't be too many weeks that go by, uh, and, and if, if she gets upset with me because I'm going to call her by name, it's okay, she, it, it'll, be, it'll be all right. 
but it won't be too many weeks that'll go by that either myself or my wife will get a comment from Brenda Deloach. And she will say, I always appreciate when I hear your boy singing back behind me. And she says it. And, uh, and apparently they just got their pipes tuned up because they've been extra loud for the last couple of services, um, for those of you that have noticed. Uh, and, and even though it may be slightly off-key, and it may be a little bit fast or a little bit slow, would we dare repress it? it? What I would say is, if that brand of singing bothers you, sing louder to cover it up. You'll be doing every one of us a favor that has to lead up here. How about this one, number two? If everyone at Forest Park worshipped with the same spirit as me, dot, 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 you fill in the blank. How can we expect to spend an eternity worshipping our Creator if we have not mastered the art while here on His creation? How can we expect to do that? And I, and, and I understand that, you know, worship, is, is that the only part of our existence on this earth? It, 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 there's much more than that. Ultimately, everything leads back and our focus should end up being back on Christ with everything that we do. But the, the actions and the things that we participate here in this building, that, that's only a small part of everything that we do, everything that we take part in. Do we focus on ourselves or the church? Some, you know, hopefully we don't get caught up with the question of what is the congregation worth to me? Because this type of question places the focus on the wrong point of emphasis. The reality is that the congregation can only give to us what we are able to contribute to it. So instead of asking, what is the congregation worth to me? We should be asking, what am I worth to the congregation? And here's another thing that Donnie brought up this morning. He said, you know, if you can't find something to do here, if you can't find things to get involved in, there are so many things to get involved in, okay? It could be cooking a meal for those in need. There are constantly needs due to people uh, babies being born, deaths in families, other unique circumstances. Help from time to time in cleaning up the buildings and grounds, writing cards, making calls. How about this one? Helping foster a great Bible class environment. That gap that we see a lot of times between Sunday morning Bible class and Sunday morning worship the more people you have in Bible class, is it a better Bible class environment? It sure doesn't get worse. It sure doesn't get worse. Why? Because even something as simple as your attendance there, when people look around and they say, oh, there's so-and-so here in Bible class. And what does that do? It builds me up and makes me realize, I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that they're there, we're all here for what? A common purpose. It helps build unity 
in the church. Something as simple as being there in Bible class. And hey, uh, as a complete aside, you also get to learn something. Right? Singing in services, whether leading or participating. And so we, when we notice Ephesians chapter 4, because the bottom line is, and this is that other part where, you know, Donnie and I, we kind of just aligned everything up. When you consider Ephesians chapter 4, and, and it starts talking about the nature of the church a little bit more, we have to realize we each all have a part. Let's, let's take a look uh, beginning in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Now, why did he give all of those individual parts? And then if we put the little parentheses, as Donnie said, and the cake makers, and the card writers, and the lawn cutters, and the, all those people. Why were all of those people important? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Does that fall in line with the book of James? For building up the body of Christ. So you're saying that all of those things and all of those people, when we all chip in and we all do our part, what ultimately becomes stronger? The church. Ultimately, the church is stronger. Continuing on in verse 13. Until we all, notice that doesn't leave anybody out, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, there's that unity word again, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the mature, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. We don't want to get caught up in all that stuff. But, but if there was a verse, I think that could easily characterize 2020, it could be Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. Because there have been so many waves and there have been so many winds that have come up that have done what? Tried to distract us from what we are here to do and what we are meant for. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We can't let the circumstances of this present world, as difficult as they might be, and sometimes they require us to hit the pause button. That is absolutely the case. But we cannot let those prolonged scenarios and circumstances dictate what we do with our lives. I, I was talking to uh, Travis, we were talking this morning, and, and, and we were talking a little bit about, about tonight, and he made the comment, he said, he said, man, consider the people that were living in the, in the time of Nero in the first century. He said, if, you, if, he found out, if they found out you were a Christian, what happened? What, what, was there any gray area there? If you were found out to be a Christian, you were dead. You were dead. Fortunately, we don't live in those types of times. The level of persecution that we deal with is much less significant than, uh, there's a whole lot more gray area there. There are things that happen and take place, but it's not life versus death.
Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is in the head, into Christ. We are to grow up in every way into Him. So ultimately, the focus is supposed to come all the way back around, back to Christ, from whom the whole body... Notice back in verse 13, it says, until we all attain the unity of the faith. Verse 16, from, the whole, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Notice that verse 16. I want to focus on verse 16. And, uh, and, and my little my lines didn't get, end up getting on there where I wanted to place emphasis. From whom the whole body. Now, the, the whole means what? All, all means all. The whole means all, every bit of it. So every person that makes up the body here at Forest Park, you are each a vital part a vital organ, a vital structure in the body, in the machine of the, of the body at Forest Park that allows Forest Park to move forward. Do we see that? When each part is working properly, 2020 has provided so many opportunities for things to get in the way and for things to not be working properly. When each part is working properly, what happens? It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Back in August when we got ready to start school, and of course everybody was... The, the growing theme around schools, I mean, as, as, as depressing and as difficult as times have been, uh, here at Forest Park, it, it, it didn't. Uh, it didn't start off. It started off very similarly when I started back to work in August. The uh, everybody was kind of casting their lot, so to speak. How long till school's canceled? And that was the theme. And uh, some of my friends at work, they would say, "I give it to October, and we're done." That was his outlook. I give it to October. Well, one of the things that happened, and that didn't happen, thank goodness. But one of the things that happened at the beginning of school was when I saw my schedule. I realized that for the first time in about 10 years, I wasn't going to be able to teach one of my favorite courses at school. Uh, the, the schedule kind of got rearranged, and I wasn't going to be able to teach. Uh, I call it my human anatomy class because I, when you're the only person that's taught it for the last 10 years of the school, guess what? It's yours. It belongs to you. So I, I was disappointed with that. But when I was thinking about the, this idea of the body working together, I said, you know what, I'm going to knock the rust off, and if I don't get to teach anatomy to my kids at school, I'm going to teach it at Forest Park, and we're going to learn something, and I'm going to just kill two birds with one stone. And so here we have the structural integrity of the knee. One of, when we think about sports, one of the most common injuries in all of sports is a knee injury, is it not? Okay, and when you look up here, and you see there, there are four ligaments that connect our knee together, okay? And that 
There's two types of connective tissues. There are tendons and ligaments. Tendons hold your muscles to the bone, and then ligaments hold bones to each other. So what do we see up here? We see four ligaments connecting bones to each other that hold the femur and the tibia and fibula together. The femur is the long bone at the top of your knee. Uh, it, you can see the, top, the bottom of it up at the top part of the screen. And then the, the uh, tibia and fibula are the bones a little bit lower down. And then you have these four, uh, four ligaments. And uh, a lot of times that the, an ACL injury, we hear it referred to as the anterior cruciate ligament. Okay, one of the most common injuries in all of sports. But take a look at it. Is it very big? Does anybody have to squint to actually see it? Not only do you have that, but on the, on the bottom side of the femur, we've also got some articular cartilage. It's that white stuff down there. And then on the top of the, of the tibia uh, there, we have um, the medial and lateral meniscus. Okay, All of these things, if one part of that knee quits working properly, what does it do? You can't walk. One little piece of tissue, and, and I've, I've, I've had students in the past that have had a knee injury and have had to have an ACL replacement, and I heard one of them say one time when the doctor went in, genetically speaking, they had a, an ACL that it, it was practically non-existent in the first place. Okay, But one little part of the body can completely ruin the function of how the body works. And then it's months of rehabilitation. Is the church at Forest Park any different? So you may be asking yourself, and maybe look up there on the screen, what role do you play? Are you one of the bones? Are you there for structure and support? Are you one of the muscles? Are you a mover? Are you a ligament? Do you provide support for each other? Help hold things together? Are you the glue that helps hold things together? Are you that articular cartilage that helps smooth things out and reduce friction? What is your job? What do you do? What do I do? Because when every one of us are working at our peak capacity, the whole of the body is going to work so much better. You know, when we look at our theme back to tw in, on 2020, the theme for 2020 was radical Christianity. Well, after we've lived through 2020, and we've seen what 2020 can bring, I think radical Christianity means not being swallowed up by the world. I think it means keeping our focus on the work at Forest Park. I think it means knowing what is happening with our brethren and being plugged in and involved. Let's quickly, as we start to bring this to a close, let's consider some of these themes that have been hanging on the wall since January. Somewhere around January, we started looking at the theme of our Lord and Savior. Christians in the past have dealt with far worse than what 2020 has brought to us. Have we kept our Lord and Savior a priority and a focus during the year? We've considered family. Despite difficult circumstances this year, are we setting the proper example within our families? Do our children see us placing a priority 
on spiritual matters. Have we been able to build up our spiritual family over the last year? We've looked at service. In what ways have we been able to consider the needs of others here at Forest Park? Have we been limited in how we can interact this last year? Sure, everybody has. But have we let these circumstances completely eliminate service from our lives? Everyone has a way in which they can contribute. Remember Ephesians 4 and 6, verse 16, from whom the whole body, that when each part, every part is working, it makes the body grow. We considered the theme of being transformed. The world doesn't recognize the importance of spiritual matters. Some have been limited or even prohibited in meeting together. Fortunately, that's not the case here. Are we allowing these outside influences to impact our view of the church and how we should be involved? Are we still living in such a way that we are transformed from being a member of this world and into the body of Christ? We considered the idea of love. If we have love for each other, are we not going to avail ourselves to every opportunity with our spiritual family? Why would we miss out on an opportunity to be with our brothers and sisters if we could do it? We considered treasures. Where are our treasures really found? Am I carrying my share of the financial burden of the work here at Forest Park? We looked at the idea of grace. And this could be a little bit of a tricky one. Are we measuring out grace to each other? in the congregation, to each other. We're not talking about, yes, we could get into a uh, talk about the grace of God, but let's talk about the grace we give to each other for a second. Are we measuring out grace to each other in the congregation, or do we have a tendency to be overly critical when decisions are made that we don't agree with or understand? And I'll give you a perfect example of this. You know, when ultimately the decision had to be made, and for the first time since the mid-1980s, there's no Yes Weekend. Let that sink in for a second. Now, for those of you that, if, if you haven't been an integral part or have not attended and listened to the lessons of, uh, at Yes Weekend, it may not impact you as much. I would consider you to maybe change that in the future, but for those of us that that has been a part of our lives, there is going to be a void in our lives at the end of February this next year. Now, it would be really easy to look at that and say, well, who would make that decision to cancel? Does it matter? As unfortunate as it is, the fact is a decision has to be made, things have to move on, and the best thing we can do is we can exhort and build up our brethren to move on and say, well, you know what? If we can't have one in 2021, we're going to make the one in 2022 be so good, people won't even remember that there was one, wasn't one that was missed. How about growth? Am I doing my part to help myself Am I doing my part to help my family? Am I doing my part to help my spiritual brethren grow? Next year is about moving forward, is it not? 
I can't think of anybody that would say, you know, I'd really rather hold on to 2020 just a little bit longer. Next year is about moving forward. We, we cannot, we will not let the distractions of the world prevent us from the riches we have in Christ, from the riches we have in the church. And so we need to ask ourselves, what can I do for Forest Park in 2021 to make her stronger? How can we work to eliminate the distractions of the world? Two words, folks. Get involved. What are we involved in? How can we work to eliminate the distractions? I had two boys that were about as disappointed as they could possibly be when we found out this past April that convention was canceled. But you know what? We are working and preparing and gearing up for the fact that there will be one this year, and we cannot wait. They cannot wait. We've got a Lazarus Leaders program that is ready to accept kids and ready to teach uh, leadership skills that, that, that are desperately needed uh, in today's church. We can minister to each other. We can become invested in the spiritual well-being of each other. Go back, you know, we started off in James chapter, uh, in the book of James uh, chapter 1. I want you to go back uh, and think about James chapter 2 as we close again. There was a statement made, it's in James chapter 2 and verse 21 and 22, a question was asked. It says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. What am I worth to Forest Park? As a Christian walking into 2021, justify your faith through the good works that are available and found right here. And so as we close... We ask the question, what are your needs tonight? First of all, are you a Christian? Have you let the wants and the desires of this world choke out your love for Christ? Have all the distractions of 2020 caused a scenario in which you haven't been able to place the focus on things where they need to be? There's no better time than the present to become justified, like Abraham, in front of God. If you've not obeyed what the Bible says regarding salvation, there's also never a better time than right now to take care of that. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you have the opportunity right now to repent of the sin in your life and to be buried to be immersed in the waters of baptism, to have that sin in your life removed. Whatever your needs are, if there are any, we'd ask you to come forward now as we stand and sing.